Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. I have the express privilege tonight of bringing chapter three of the book of Galatians. Now we're currently on our Wednesday night series called The Journey of Grace, where we're going and exploring through the book of Galatians. And I got to teach chapter one, and now I get to teach chapter three. And chapter three, I really, really like. They didn't give me chapter five and six, so they gave me chapter three. I won't be too bitter. Um, But I'm super excited about bringing um, the word tonight for you. Galatians chapter three, verse 13 says this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Let's, uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer about tonight. I need all the help I can get. Lord, we thank you that you're here with us. We thank you, Lord, that as we open your word tonight, as we dig in and we go through verse by verse, as we learn the truths of the word, that, Lord, we would be, uh, we would be workers who are rightly dividing the word of truth tonight, that our hearts would hear and receive the implanted word tonight. That's the Bible. That's the word of God, that we would hear it, we would, we would open ourselves to it, and we would hear truth, and we would not just hear it, but we would receive it with faith. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So after having such a great summer Bible experience, and before that, having 70 people baptized during our immersion service, which was incredible, uh, I get to talk to you tonight about being redeemed. Chapter three of, of Galatians really goes into the key verse is the one I just read you, is Galatians chapter three, verse 13. And it said that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But first, let me share with you how I was redeemed. No, I'm gonna, not gonna share my testimony. You probably heard it before. Um, but I'm just gonna give you a synopsis. I believed what Jesus said about himself and I confessed that he was my Lord. That's how I was redeemed. And we can find that, we can find that in Romans chapter 10, and we see that, that belief or salvation being redeemed, the process of redemption, what is redemption? I'll get into that in a minute. But when you redeem, ladies who's ever redeemed, or guys who've ever redeemed a voucher from something, or a coupon, or, or somebody's given you a little gift card, you've gone and you've redeemed it. Uh, when you purchase something, you've used that, you've redeemed it, you've bought back. And I was redeemed because I believed what Jesus said about himself, and then I spoke what I believed. And we see in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight, I believe, where it talks about how we're saved, and that's through grace, through faith, and not of works, lest any man should boast. And that not of itself, and is talking about salvation there, see? It's simple to receive something that's redeemed or to become redeemed. It isn't by works, but by faith. Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter three, verse two. Galatians chapter three, verse two. And I'll get to my uh, first point in a minute. It says, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law? or by the hearing 
with faith. Paul is writing to a, a, to a group of churches in Galatia, and if you guys were here uh, when I taught on Galatians chapter one, you heard, heard that the Celts were the invading force there, and then there was the locals, and he was writing to the group of churches that were found there, and he's talking to them because the Jews had come in who were Christians, were trying to tell them they needed to start following the Jewish law and the teachings of Jesus. And so here they are, and he's saying this, did you receive the Spirit of God by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Now I want you to see something very clearly, what he said, hearing with faith. Hearing with faith is incredibly important. My first point that you guys can fill in, if, you're, if you got the, the church app, the Tree of Life app, you can uh, follow along on live notes, it's what I do, and then you can email yourself the notes afterwards. But if you're following along, the first point that you guys have a fill in for is this. God has made us people of faith. God has made us people of faith. We are to live our lives by faith. It's what God created us to do, who he created us to be. See, faith in God's grace, and what is grace? It's his undeserved favor or his undeserved goodness to us, is what ultimately is the most important, having faith in his grace, is the most, one of the most important aspects of redemption in scripture and what God has done for you. Because let me tell you, we were bought with a price. We were bought back. Our lives were on a downward spiral. We were going in a, in, in a way that was leading to destruction. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, and it says in another place in Romans, it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have messed up. I remember my first lie that I ever told. I was three years old. And my mother was standing at the top of our two-story house on Sergeant, 4424 Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Street, not Avenue. And she looked down at me and she said, Jaja, did you poo? And I said, no, I didn't. And it was the first lie that I remember saying. And I was three years old. And yes, I did have an accident. <laughs> and I remember my mom asking that, and then this is what she said. Did you lie to me? Yes, and I remember that vividly because I still have dreams about it, like nightmares, it's wild. <laughs> but we've all messed up. We all needed to be bought back to a life that God created us for. You and I were created for so much more than where we were going. Some of you might have been having a hard time, some of you might have even had a great life before, but there was just something missing in you. Some of you, you might have been dealing with depression or anxieties or, or even insanity and, and, and you needed a newness of life, so to say. And we all were bought. We were all redeemed from that is what scripture says to us. We love God though because he first loved us. And when we hear about what he has done for us, we can trust him. That is what having a journey of grace is all about, is learning to trust him. What did I say? We are people of faith. God made us to be beings that are faith beings, people that trust him, people that believe in him. And I am a student ministries pastor, so I like class participation. 
Uh, so does anybody know what faith is? You can raise your hand anytime, anybody. Yes. Believing without seeing. Believing without seeing, okay. Oh, this way. Trust, okay. You're absolutely right. It's trust or it's simply what you believe. Faith, we get this, this big notion of what faith is and it's this lofty word that we have to really oh, grit our teeth to like raise up our faith or something when it's just simply what, what do you believe? And in another scripture that I'll be getting to later in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, uh, without faith it's impossible to please him. So we've got to believe because the Bible says in, it, it, later in that verse, it says that we have to believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, it's important. We have to believe that he is. That's what faith simply is, what you believe. So many of us, though, we try to win God's favor by doing stuff, by by trying hard, by being a good Christian. And I had a student the other day when I was taught, because I'm teaching faith right now on Sunday mornings to the high schoolers, and uh, we're going through a complete course on it, and it's really good, and they got a lot of questions about it. And I had a student ask me, are you trying to tell me I don't have to follow rules? And I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. Rules are very important, especially for young people. But we try to do, and we, we try to scurry favor by, by doing stuff or being good Christians or I go to church every Sunday and Wednesday and I, I try this, which those are important by the way, and keep coming to church every Sunday and Wednesday if you can. Be in church when the doors are open is what I say. Um, but we try to do it by, by these religious sets or, or our beliefs or we even try to say that I'm winning God's favor by even faith, some of us, if you grew up in the faith movement and you, you're just trying to do or be something but that's not, that's not what it is about. Our relationship is about loving him because he first loved us. Some of us, we try to even fix our own problems by our strengths, or even we think, well, I'm a good person, and I, I, so God's gonna honor me for how much I tithe. <laughs> Nobody's laughing with me. Sorry, that was funny to me. <laughs> But Galatians chapter three, verse five says this. He who supplies, or does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? We cannot underestimate the power of connecting to God's grace. God's grace is his goodness towards us that you and I do not deserve whatsoever. We do not deserve God's goodness. We don't. There's no amount of striving or work that you could ever do to deserve God, his love or his goodness to you. You just can't, so stop trying. But for some reason, he loves you anyway. <laughs> it's the biggest mystery to me. And, and not for you guys, because you guys are perfect, and, and, you know, and, but for me, my biggest question is why do you love me? God, how can you love me? The greatest mystery in the universe, why God loves me in the first place. 
because I've sworn at him. I've cursed his name. I've thrown things at the sky and said I'd hate him forever. I literally did evil against him because he was God. And yet for some reason, he loved me in spite of it. The Bible says that even when we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Even when we didn't, in my best state, feeding the homeless and giving trillions of dollars to the homeless or, or, or you know, jumping in front of a bus for you know, a puppy or something, it would, would never deserve, I would still never deserve his goodness. And I cannot underestimate connecting to his grace because I need it every moment and every day because I've tried to live outside of God's goodness. I tried living my own life without God. And I've been there and I've done that and I don't ever wanna do it again. <laughs> I will always live my life knowing now, tasting and seeing how good God truly is. I could never go back because I've seen the wonders of God's goodness to me. See, his grace is what brings his power to us. His goodness is what connects his power to us. It's like I teach the students. God is, is when, you, when you got a dad and you said, dad, I need $5. Dad, I need $5. And your dad says, okay, what's the $5 for? Dad, I need to buy that new G.I. Joe. That was me back in the 80s. Dad, I need to buy that new G.I. Joe. I need $5. They raised the price. It used to be $3 and now it's $5. I need $5, dad. And my dad's like, you know what? You, yeah, okay, I'll give you $5. I love you. Here's $5. And he pulls out his wallet, gets a $5 bill, puts it in his hand and says, here you go. And I said, cool, dad, I need $5. Dad, I need $5. Dad, I, knew, I really need that $5. When are you gonna give me that $5? And my dad's got, it's right, it's right here. See, God, his goodness to us is already there. His power towards us is already there. It's right here. But what connects us to his power is faith, is what we believe about God, is saying, God, you gave it to me, here it is, it's mine, you already said, here's the five dollars, I'm going to simply take it out of your hand. It's not forcing it, it's not God holding on to it and us saying, nah, give me the five dollars, it's not that whatsoever, <laughs> we couldn't do that in the first place. But his goodness and his power is there and he's saying, here it is. What is it that you need? Anything that I've promised you in my word. And even in Galatians chapter one, verse three, it says he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. What do you need? He's saying to you. You don't have because you do not ask. And here it is, he's saying, here's my goodness, here's my power, here's my provision, here's my grace to you, what are you going to do with it? And that's why in Ephesians it says it's by grace through faith. What we do is we simply connect ourselves to God's goodness. That's what faith does. We cannot, his power, his goodness towards us isn't in, of any effect in our lives unless we reach out and connect to it by faith. How are we saved? Grace through faith. God's not going to force you to be saved. Now, I grew up believing certain things. 
And I used to hide behind those belief systems. And I grew up with teachings and, and teachers who would teach me certain things and these beliefs. And I believed certain things about God that were really stymieing me or limiting me, holding me back from the truth of God's word. And the best advice I ever gave was when my dad said, read your Bible. Go find out what you believe. Don't ask me anymore. Go find out by reading your Bible. So I started being a study. I'd stay up till three, four in the morning every night during high school when I got saved. And I started studying the word and consuming it. And I got notebooks. And I still have those notebooks. Five ring binder things just full of notes that I went verse by verse and started picking apart the Bible. And I ate it alive. I ate every verse up. And I started finding out, oh my word, why did I ever believe that? Because <laughs> I used to believe that God was withholding things from me because it was his will. That he actually wasn't as good as I believed. No, God's good because he's sovereign and he's got a plan for my life and he's got a reason why my mom's insane and in five different psychiatric wards. There's a reason for it. And in my own way, I was saying, okay, God, you're God and you have complete control. And, and I hid behind that from doing something about it. And when I was dealing with the thoughts and the, and the darkness that was surrounding me in my own life that I never had resolved, I hid behind the belief system that God was doing it. And that's why I grew bitter towards God. And I hated him for it. If it's your will, then you're an evil God. And that's what I believed. And I became resentful towards God, all because of a false belief that God was truly not good. Or if he was good, he's not letting me know. And because, you know, right, you know, we can believe things like, okay, he's good for him, but like for my life, he's doing this to me, but he's, that he's his favorite. Right, he's his favorite. His beard is better than mine. God likes him much better. <sighs> if only my beard were as luscious as him, God would love me. And I honestly, those were my beliefs. Those were my thoughts. And I'm not gonna ask you who's been there before or who's even there now, but we have got to find the truth of the word, not by our experiences, but by the truth found in his word. I believe that if my prayers weren't answers, then it simply wasn't God's will for me, even if I, what I was praying was found in his word. And I would blame God for not answering my prayers. And I never took responsibility. <laughs> Rules were created for children, for adolescents, for those who were immature. That's what rules were invented for. That's why they're there, for children. Don't touch it, it burns you. Don't touch the fire, right? Rules, right? As an adult, I automatically know, okay, fire's hot. I'm not gonna touch it unless I'm dumb, right? <laughs> but children, they need those rules. Me, I can self-govern. I know it's not good or healthy for me to stick my hand in this burning fire. Why? Because I'm an adult, I'm fully matured. Rules were created, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. What I learned, though, when I started studying the Bible was revolutionary to me because it started kicking over the holy cows that were in my life and started building up God to where what his rightful place was in my life. 
Galatians 3.5, it said, it, it, it asks us if miracles are performed by my works or by hearing and connecting faith to what I said. He's asking, is it done by works or of the law or by hearing with faith? Is it by some goodness that maybe I'm just, maybe I'm not in the right season of life before God's gonna answer my, my, my prayer? It's gotta be a different season. Maybe, I used to believe that in healing because I would go overseas. I grew up going on missions trips, even, we won't talk a bit, but, and, and we, I would see the miraculous. People's arms growing out of their, their no arm area. And people who were born paralyzed getting out of their wheelchairs or that were crawling on the dirt. I would see them get up and walk for the first time. That was second nature to me when I'd go on missions trips, but I'd get back to America. Well, it's not God's will to heal people in America. Well, it may be. God might heal you either here, there, or in the air, whatever his will is. And I used to believe these things. Or if my prayers weren't answered, and even if I found it in the word, well, was it God's will for me to, you know, to be able to pay my bills this month? He must be trying to teach me something. And then I opened the Bible and I found the truth. I remember the story of the man born lame in in the Bible. In fact, most of the miraculous that happened in the New Testament, because I get my belief system from the New Testament and I get my history lessons about Jesus from the old and a lot of humor. And I get... What I see is the miraculous happening, not because of the great faith of the person doing the praying for that person, but what do they always say? Jesus almost said it almost every time. He would always say, by your faith, you're made well. By your faith. He would always point it back to that person. And they would always, and this is the question Jesus got asked a lot. Lord, if it's your will, heal me. So many of us, we believe in God's ability to heal us or his ability to provide for us or his ability to bring back that family member. He, but we believe in God's power because he's God, right? But we don't believe in his willingness. Well, God's sovereign and we hide behind the word sovereign when we don't even understand what it truly means. See, God's goodness wants us to connect us. It's like the, uh, Pastor Hagen always says, it's when the, I'm, I'm not gonna do his accent, when the, <laughs> the supernatural and the natural meet, there's an explosive force for God. It happens when we connect to the truth of what, who God is. What's the need that you have? What need do you have? What are you trying to do yourself? instead of allowing God to do. Stop. Just simply believe in him and connect to it like a bulldog. He's got lockjaw. Hold on to it. Hold on to the truth. Regardless of what you see, regardless of what you feel, regardless of what your past teachers have taught you or your past experiences has brought around in your life, hold on to the truth of the matter. My next point that you can follow along and fill in the blank is this. Holding to a religious set of to-dos will keep you in bondage. 
Holding to a religious set of to-dos will keep you in bondage. Let me go a step further and say this. Holding to a religious set of beliefs not found in the word or just because you, someone told you or you experienced it will keep you in bondage like me. Religion isn't about relationship. It is about a set of rules. Rules aren't bad, but I don't follow God's commands because I have to. Which leads me to my next point that you can follow along with. We follow God's ways because we love him. And we love him because he first loved us. God's goodness to us is what draws us to us. The Bible says his goodness leads us to repentance. When we start seeing how good God truly is, but he's never been good to me because he's never answered my prayer. Well, you've been hoping, you've been wishing, but the Bible doesn't say hoping and wishing will ever get your prayers answered or you'll never receive anything if you just hope for it. So you have to ask, will God answer my prayer when I'm praying right now? If your answer is, I sure hope so, or I've been praying for 13 years, then the answer is you're not going to get your answer prayer, your prayer answered. I'm sorry. What gets things done is by believing, by having faith that what God said is going to happen. That's where prayers are answered from. That's where the miraculous happens from. That's where healings happen from. That's where your relation, that, that, the relative that's run away from, that's when he starts coming home. That's where it starts happening from. You need something from God, start believing it, not hoping it. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, now faith is the substance, or another translation says, give substance to the things that we're hoping for. Hope is future, faith is now. Now faith, now faith, now faith. If you're believing that God's gonna heal you maybe here, there, or in the air, you're not gonna get healed. If you're believing that your relationship with your wife is going to get restored maybe sometime when it's his will, it's not gonna get restored. You have to believe now faith is. If we're trying to do things by what we do, we unwittingly put ourselves under a curse instead of a blessing, which is what I wanna close with. We have been redeemed. We have been redeemed from trying to do it ourselves. We have been redeemed from how good we are because we, we'll never be good enough. We have been redeemed. What is redeemed? First, let's read Galatians chapter three, verse 10. It says, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by what? Verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Why? So that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that way we may receive the promised spirit through faith. You see, you and I were not good enough. We can't follow enough rules to ever get us into heaven. We can't ever go to church enough times to ever get a prayer answered. We can't do it ourselves. So why don't we just simply get out of our way and start believing that God's going to do it 
for us instead. See, we try to do it ourselves, but you don't recognize you've been redeemed from it. But the more that you try to work and the more the try that you do this and this, and I gotta do this and I gotta be this and I gotta act this way and I gotta dress this way, the more that you're doing it yourself and you don't recognize that you're putting yourself under bondage to it. You're literally putting chains around your own neck. But we've been redeemed. I could go into Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, where it says what the results, and you can read Deuteronomy yourself. Chapter 28 talks about the curse of the law and all the, what the results are. But you can read that for yourself because sin was a major issue. That's why that law was in place. That's what I told you. See, rules were there for children or those who had no knowledge. But God wants to raise us up beyond where just the law existed. The law existed because sin was in place. But see, now Jesus came and he redeemed. He freed us from that curse of sin. He took away the, the bondage that you and I were in, the, the, the desires maybe even. He redeemed us from trying to do it ourselves. He redeemed us. The word redeemed means to free from captivity. And the fill in the blank is by payment or by ransom. Jesus is our payment and our ransom from what we were going through. The bondage of sin, the bondage of trying to be a good Christian enough that God would answer my prayers. Jesus redeemed you and I from that. And he said, you know what, in its place, I'm gonna give my goodness to you and all you have to believe is, is just, by faith I can receive that. God's hand is out to you. God's hand is open and he's saying, here's what I have for you. Take it, have it, it's yours. Just simply believe me. The next fill in the blank is this. We were once under the curse but now we're under the blessing. And here's where the good stuff comes in. This is where the good one, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's three things that Jesus did in scripture, three things. Everywhere he went, the Bible states that he preached, he taught, and he healed. Three things. He preached who God was, or the goodness of God. He taught them and demonstrated in his teachings about who the Father was to them. And the third thing, he proved it by healing, by healing. People didn't know who God's goodness was. In fact, there was a man named Oral Roberts who one of, the first record, one of his first recorded uh, sermons he preached, he said, God is good. And we would all say, all the time, right? And we get that, that Christian slogan going in, and that's not what they said in the crowd that day, and I heard it because it's a very choppy audio. You heard people going, boo, no, get off the stage. Christians, those were Christians. People have not always believed that God is good. What do you believe? If somebody's teaching you that God is withholding from you, you should just simply say, thank you for your time. Now I'm gonna go read the word. 
if you have a belief system about who God is and you're not sure where the scriptures are found, then maybe you should go search the scriptures and maybe say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna start from scratch. I had to believe that about every, I had to do that for every belief system that I had. Because when I came to the Lord at 15, I used to ask my dad, dad, what do we believe about this? My dad's been a pastor for 47 years. And he said, I don't know, what do you believe about it? And I had to go back from scratch and find out what I believed about everything that I'd ever heard as kids in Sunday school and all of that. This is a perfect opportunity for you to find out who God is to you and who he says he is, not what man says he is. God wants to bless you through faith. God wants to bless you through faith. And I understand why some people are closed to that message right there. I understand that some people have used the message of faith for whatever reason it is. And I will not judge them. I am not God. I will not speak ill of them. And I understand that it, you've maybe had bad experiences with the word faith. You might be in here and you've had teachers who say that whole faith message is blasphemy or it's eisegetical fallacy or it's whatever they want to say. But all that I see in scripture is God saying, here is my goodness to you. Here is my goodness to you. When I, when I search through the New Testament, I'm seeing God's greatness and his power and his love, especially when I read the gospels of what Jesus taught and what he demonstrated. And he's saying this, just whatever, just receive. Receive my goodness. Just believe what I say, Jesus would say. And that's my message for you tonight is we receive God's grace through faith but if we want to receive more than just our salvation, if we want to receive more than just that initial, you know, I'm going to heaven, if we want to receive him, we have to receive it through the same way that we receive salvation from. God's the same God of salvation as he is of whatever it is. You're wanting more from God, a stronger relationship, well, you receive it through the same way that you got saved. It's the same process. God is easy like that. <laughs> Whatever it is that you need from God needs to be received through faith. Amen? So let's be people of faith. Let's be men and women who say, I don't care what people say. I, I don't care what the doctor's report says. I don't care what, what happened at work. I know God's goodness to me, his grace to me is ever living and ever present and I'm going to receive it by faith. I'm going to hold on to his promises and nobody can take them away from me. I'm gonna be a person that is always living in an aspect of believing God for something. That's the person that I wanna be. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I pray that tonight that we would be people of faith, that we would not be just hearers only, but that we would receive what we're hearing and we would mix it with faith.
we would say, God, you're saying it and I'm gonna believe it because you're good. And everywhere you go, you do good things and, and I'm gonna believe that you're good because you say you're good. Not what some man told me before or not what I experienced a, a, you know, a minute ago because I was believing you for a, I wanted a, a Lamborghini or, and I never got one or whatever it is and I'm gonna believe that God is good and I'm gonna receive your goodness through faith. God, there's maybe somebody in here that has never experienced your goodness. And maybe you're saying to yourself, I've never, I've never done it, so why should I believe him? You're saying faith is a belief, so why should I believe him? Because here's my plea to you. When you simply believe him instead of hoping, you realize that God's goodness to you is, is, is ever living. He's always, he's there for you. He'll never leave you and he won't ever forsake you. And I don't know what you've experienced in your past. I don't know what, where you've been or who, what you've done and it really doesn't matter. I just know that God loves you and that he absolutely is good. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.